TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Welcome to Overnight America with Ryan Recker on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michael'sFlooringOutlet.com. And welcome to... Not America. It's the last show of the week, and I'm always, uh, I feel always good about it. It doesn't matter if it's cold or warm. It's always that feeling that, hey, we get a couple of hours together to enjoy the very tail end of things, and we put a lot onto the show tonight. In fact, we're going to be talking to uh, a doctor. Her name is Seema Yasmin. She's a health reporter and epidemiologist about some of the medical myths I've basically asked the home remedies my grandma always instilled in me if any of them were true. It's great when I can bring on experts and ask them stupid and silly questions and they don't think twice about it. Normally, they would laugh me out of the room. If I were to see her in real life, ask for a consultation and ask these things, they would say, get out now. And I would not be allowed in there ever again. In fact, I might even call the police. Next hour, Amelia Peng is the author of Made in China, a prisoner, an SOS letter in the hidden cost of America's cheap goods. We're going to spend an hour talking about China and the things that she discovered as a journalist, all which are very fascinating things, kind of playing off of the talks we had with China last night. You know, to start the show, I wanted to do just a brief thing with sports because we're getting close and all of the fanaticism around the Cardinals continues to build every single day. It's kind of nice to see positive things. Uh, uh, on social media about these sort of things. And who better to bring onto the show than Sports Open Line host Kevin Wheeler, who is sticking around doing some extra overtime for us. Hey, Kevin. Hey, Ryan. How's it going, man? I won't charge for the overtime. It's all good. I like talking (laughs) sports. Yeah, well, I know you do. But I wanted to bring up one thing with you that I've been listening to a lot of what you've had to say about the big trade with Arenado coming to the Cardinals. The thing that I worry about, and I've seen this over and over again, is whenever a team brings on a player they look at as a huge impact player, sometimes it's a 50-50, as in they're as good as we expected, and sometimes they are not as good as we expected. But we're looking at one of the best players in the game. Historically speaking, he has been just awesome. Should I be worried at all? Should I be worried that there's going to be some sort of, we're, we're getting our hopes too high? I mean, you can always worry about that, right? I mean, when when a guy comes to a new place, sometimes they put extraordinary pressure on themselves uh, to live up to expectations. I think, you know, there's a recent example of that with the Cardinals, Ryan. They brought in 
Paul Goldschmidt um, a couple of years ago. The first his first year was the 2019 season, and by no means was it a bad season, right? I mean, he hit 34 home runs. You know, he drove in almost 100 runs. He was really good, but by his own standards, it was arguably the worst season of his career, based mm-hmm. on you know kind of the the uh, total number production, right? Um, we, we like to look at these things, kind of compare them to league average. You know, he was 15% above league average. Well, for his career, he's 40% above league average. So for him, mm-hmm. it was a really down year. And a lot of people speculated that, hey, this is a case of a guy that needed to make a bit of an adjustment to a new place and maybe not put so much on his own shoulders. And then we saw last year, even though it was a shortened year, he kind of got back to being himself again. You know, he kind of got yeah. back to being the normal Paul Goldschmidt. So yeah, it's a valid concern that, Arenado might get here and maybe put a little too much pressure on himself. Yeah, I, I do think about those things because I love when you go on social media and you only see positive things right now about the Cardinals. And there's so much excitement that is building up for the season. This is what I think. And my mind always goes this way. I think if you're just if you're pumping it up. Oh, boy, that leaves a lot of room for underachievement, <laughs> right? Because everyone's looking at this as the, the biggest thing the Cardinals have done in a decade. And I keep thinking, oh, please, I, I'm afraid that sometimes we just hype ourselves up too much. You know, there, there was one other thing I wanted to play for you, and I, I found this from the KMOX archives. I don't know if you've heard this yet. This goes back to, I think it was 1985-ish, somewhere mm-hmm. in there. I, I don't remember the exact year, but it was the promo that KMOX aired getting ready for spring training. Have you heard this? I don't think so. Would you like to hear it? Yes. Yes, I do too. And it's so close because they mention, uh, oh, this is 1987. Baseball is back. Okay. Uh, It's so close because it almost lines up with the schedule this year. It's this close. All right. And here we go. I can feel it coming in the air Oh, bear. Get your bear. Swing and a fly ball should be caught by Willie. He fights the sun, and that's a winner. The Cardinals go to the series. Feel the spirit of St. Louis. Baseball's back, and you can hear it this weekend. It's the Cards and the Mets, Saturday at noon on the Sports Voice of America, KMOX Radio. How good is that promo, seriously? That's crazy. That's crazy. I wonder if Phil Collins signed off on that. Oh, of course not. But back in the <laughs> 1980s, um, who cared? You had Jack Buck on it. How would Phil Collins yeah. say no to that? <laughs> uh, good point. Good point. How great is it, too, that they were able to put the bat cracks along with the music? And it was really close because if I think um, the, they play the Mets on Sunday, the first opening weekend of spring training, the way it's scheduled now, not Saturday, it almost lined up where we could hear that promo. <laughs> just just have Dave King do the back end of that, and we're good, right? <laughs> I know. We need more music like that. Well, uh, I think the hype is there, and it gets me excited. It makes me wonder what song we'd use in 2021 to build mm. up that same excitement. Because I, I don't know about I'm not a big modern music type of guy. I don't really pay attention to the big hits, but it seems like uh, I was looking at the Billboard charts for 2020, and once you get past the top 10, 
there's nothing that's suitable for on air. Like it's, it's all like really profane lyrics and things like that. And I thought, Oh boy, what would we even use for a Cardinals promo like that anymore? Man, that's a good question. I don't know. I don't yeah, you really, can't I, beat, I have to think about it. You can't be Phil Collins though. Why don't we just use that? It would just have to change Saturday to Sunday. Yeah. Phil Con- I mean, that'll lines. still work, right? It's got the right vibe. If, if you're, if you're talking about building up excitement, that'll work. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, thanks for uh, doing that. Mostly, I just wanted to play that promo and find an excuse for it. And I thought, who better than Kevin Wheeler for Sports Open, Sports Open Line? Hold him over so I can have someone to enjoy that with. That's good, man. That's good. <laughs> well, uh, thanks for doing this. I really appreciate it. And I, I love listening to your show as I'm preparing for mine. And well, we're going to have to do this again sometime. Yeah, anytime, Ryan. It'll be good times, man. I'd love to do it. Great. Kevin Wheeler there, Sports Open Line here on KMOX. You can catch him here and. Every uh, weekday, you can catch them. So great, great, great shows if you haven't listened to them since he signed on to KMOX here just a few months back. But, man, times, they travel pretty quickly. All right, uh, when we come back, I wanted to mention this one story out of Connecticut who uh, now is fighting to make pizza their official state food. It made me wonder, what's the official food of St. Louis? And I'm getting some conflicting answers to that. And also, Seema Yasmin's a doctor, also a health reporter. And she's got a book out called Viral BS, Medical Myths, and Why We Fall for Them. All of those Reader Digest articles my grandma told me were true. Are any of them true? I guess we'll find out some of that, too, coming up on Overnight America KMOX. Listening to KMOX has never been easier. Siri, play KMOX. Here it is, a uh, list of the top pizza cities, and I saw St. Louis was on it, number six on the list. Top 10 best U.S. cities for pizza addicts. It doesn't really reflect the style of pizza for the region, but it made me wonder, what are the official foods of St. Louis, the number one official food? So I posted it online, and it seems every answer so far is pork steak, which surprised me because when you talk about St. Louis foods, first thing, it's either gooey butter cake or toasted ravs. One of the two. It's nearly toasted ravs every time. What you don't hear people bragging about is the pork steak in St. Louis. In fact, I've only had it once since I've moved here, and I've never really seen it on the menu at a restaurant. It was only offered to me during a holiday cookout at the neighbor's house. This was a couple of years ago, and I didn't know what a pork steak was. I had no idea. I just ate it, and it was good, and that was the end of it. So I was thinking, what's the official food of St. Louis? Is it toasted raviolis, gooey butter cake, St. Louis style pizza? Is it the style of ice cream because of what Ted Drews has done to put that on the map? You know, the best ice cream place in the country. Or is it just the simple pork steak? What is it? And I I go online and I see that there was this one survey that was done. It was a survey of uh, 100,000 residents. Looking at the top 100 cities, in, they looked at Google Trends, TripAdvisor, other websites and things to try to get a different ranking. And they put the, all of these things together in one place. Uh, what about per capita pizza places uh, per capita? How about if they were just in general uh, reviews, everything that goes into it? And St. Louis made it number six. Here's the top cities for pizza addicts. It goes New York. Then Chicago, <laughs> which surprised me. I, you know, I don't know if New York can claim a better pizza than Chicago, honestly. The Chicago-style pizza is by far superior to the New York style. The number three is Pittsburgh. 
Could anyone right now name me what makes Pittsburgh special for pits for pizza? I don't think there is anything, right? It's a, at least when I come here to St. Louis, I know there is a distinct St. Louis style. It's like super thin. You can go and ask for thin pizza when you go to most places, but it's a little bit different. And then you have a special cheese, the Provel cheese, that's really only this region that appreciates it. Anywhere else you go, it's completely hated and rejected. So number four was Cincinnati, then Tampa, then St. Louis, then Las Vegas, Atlanta, Cleveland, and Richmond. And I got to mention with those top 10, of those styles, only three of them, I uh, of those cities, I only know of three different styles between them. What like Is there an Atlanta-style pizza? Is there a Cleveland-style pizza? Even when I came from Detroit, there's a special Detroit-style pizza. I didn't particularly like it, but there was a Detroit-style pizza, and every once in a while I find it around here. Uh, you know, Little Caesars, which is a very popular chain of places that are even here in St. Louis, based out of Detroit. You know, they said the same ownerships of... You know, the 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 Tigers and the Red Wings, the Illich family was putting that together. And I used to eat Little Caesars pizza exclusively growing up because it was on every corner in Detroit. And that was the easy thing to go to. You just hop out and get a Little Caesars. I like that sort of thing. That's still not Detroit-style pizza. Detroit's got this little weird... It's not quite deep dish. It's kind of like um, poor man's deep dish is the way I would explain it. It's more bread than cheese, but it's a little bit thicker. And I like that. I can at least say Detroit has a style. Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, Tampa, what? What's a Tampa pizza? None of that makes sense. So what really is a official St. Louis food? And if I had to vote, I would not say the pork steak. I would say toasted raviolis, mostly because if you were to go and try to tell people of this region, if they came here, what do you have to try? They're not going to say you have to try the pork steak. No one's ever said that. Hey, when you go to St. Louis, like when John Hamm uh, sits down and starts talking about the great things of St. Louis, he doesn't sit down and say, you need to try the pork steak. Doesn't happen. Either it's Ted Drew's, he tells a story about it, or toasted raviolis. And they are great. I love toasted raviolis. You could even get them in the freezer section in some places. It's even good in that sense. I like all those things. I saw this too. Connecticut wants to be the official state of pizza. They want that pizza to be its state food. New Jersey says not so fast. We already have dibs on that. I didn't realize that once one state has an official food, it's exclusive to that state. So you're saying no one else could do it. But pizza really is the greatest of all foods, honestly. I think about what pizza is. It's the ultimate, yeah, I could eat that food. When you bring up pizza, most uh, unanimously people say, yeah, that's fine. Let's get some pizza. No one ever says no to pizza. If you're in a group of people and there's a bunch of you, what are you going to do? Yeah, pizza sounds good. Okay, how many people here? Okay, we got uh, 10 people. All right, we get about 15 pizzas or something. Well, maybe not that much, but but that's the thing. Pizza is the way to go. And so I'm reading this article, and this is from foodandwine.com. The number of states that have selected an appetizer, bread, cobbler, fruit, a pie, a snack food. There's all kinds of different foods that are picked out right away. Uh, people like their fried chicken, their barbecue pork. They like their squash. They like their cornbread. They like their biscuits and gravy. They like all these things. Connecticut says they want to be pizza. What does Connecticut have? I mean, is there any special food uh, in Connecticut? I don't think so. I think just in general, people like pizza. 
I don't think anyone can claim it. I don't even think Chicago can claim pizza as much as they're famous for the deep dish. Or I don't think New York can also claim that sort of thing. It just doesn't happen. Man, it makes me want to get pizza right away, doesn't it? So Connecticut uh, wants to be the pizza. I've been to New Jersey. Uh, you know, they're close to, I mean, at least my family was to the Philadelphia border. So you would cross over and get the Philly cheesesteaks. But there was a lot of Philly cheesesteaks in that area. It's more of a regional thing. That, to me, seems more New Jersey than anything else. That and the smell. I mean, when I think of New Jersey, uh, not to uh, make fun of too many people that may be listening to New Jersey right now. I know our signal reaches there. there I mean, there could be. There really could be someone listening to New Jersey right now. But I got to say, at least this one thing, um, your state is questionable at best <laughs> in many different ways. So I don't know if you can claim anything. Like here, here's a text message that came in. If you like Chicago style deep dish, St. Louis hands down has the best Blackthorn pub on Wyoming in the city. Have not tried it. I think I need to. I've done all kinds of talks about pizza. The last time we did a full hour on frozen pizza, people still talk about that. I'll get messages on Facebook or whatever for that sort of thing. I do need to try a nice deep dish pizza in St. Louis. Honestly, I should go out and look for it. I'm a little bit lazy. I, I go for convenience, whatever's close to the house. I don't necessarily want to travel a long distance in order to pick up a pizza and bring it back to the house. Sometimes there's a pizza place I'll go in and eat, but then again, you got to get the kid in the right mood to want to sit down at a restaurant and eat anything like that pizza-wise. So I, maybe I will try that. But when it comes to pizza in St. Louis, um, hands down, best deep dish pizza you're saying that we have over Chicago, I don't th think that's possible, honestly. I mean, it, if St. Louis imitates Chicago-style pizza, then it's an imitation of a different style. I don't think we can claim that style. You know what I find, too? Uh, so you have Emo's Pizza, of course, very famous in St. Louis, Provel cheese and whatnot. And it's the Lena's frozen pizza that they do different ways. They have just in general, you bring it home, bake it. It's a frozen style pizza, and it tastes great. Uh, well, I got to give credit to the Lena's frozen pizza, by the way, because when you look at what they recommend, you put it into the oven. The actual time works out perfect. I don't know how many times I've got frozen pizza, and I put it in to the recommended time, and you bring it out, and you're like, oh, this doesn't look like it's done. I like my pizza well done. I like the top to look a little bit, you know, like it's cooked. I don't want it to look like just, you know, watery, saucy cheese. I want it to actually look cooked. I want it to be a little crispy. So if I put a pizza in and I bring it out at the top of the recommended scale, if it says put it in for 20 minutes and I put it in for 20 minutes at the high end and I bring it out and it don't look crispy, then that disappoints me. I'm telling you, the Lena's I put in, brought it out. It was perfect on the high end, exactly where I wanted it to be. That may be one of the first times that's happened on any frozen pizza I've purchased. Normally, I have to leave them in a little bit longer, but this one I decided to check out for the first time. And I think they even have a joyous frozen pizza. And if I remember correctly, they also made a lion's choice frozen pizza. Fully, fully endorse those type of novelty things. So St. Louis has got a pizza style. I like these things. That's my, that's my jam. I just don't know where they come up with this list. Cincinnati-style pizza? No. They're known for their Skyline Chili and putting massive gobs of cheese on top of their chili dogs. That's what they're known for. Las Vegas? They're known for other things. The smell of stale alcohol on the ground and a bunch of pamphlets for women's services. 
That's what Las Vegas is known for. I don't think pizza when I go out there. All you can eat buffets probably would be the best thing they're known for. When we come back, uh, I just wanted to rant about pizza for a while. It feels good. I'm doing my best not to talk politics. You understand that? I'm trying so hard. I'm trying. So at the start of the show, <laughs> we talked a little sports with Kevin Wheeler. Got to some pizza talk. Coming up after the break, we're going to go to a health reporter. She's also a doctor, epidemiologist, and author of a book about medical myths and why we fall for them. Dr. Seema Yasmin joins us on Overnight America KMOX. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Want to find out the latest on Billiken's basketball? Yes. It's good! At the buzzer, it's good! Bob Ramsey and Travis Ford preview the week ahead. Monday night at 6 on the Billiken's Coaches Show. Presented by Royal Banks. Presented in cooperation with the Fieldhouse. On the voice of the Billikens. KMOX. Joining us now is a health reporter and an author, new book called Viral BS, Medical Myths and Why We Fall for Them. Seema Yasmin, thank you so much for coming on to KMOX. Oh, thanks for having me. It's good to be here. I don't know um, what it was like for you growing up, but in my grandma's house, she would take these little clippets from Reader's Digest, like home remedies for things, and put them up on the fridge. So if there's a toothache, you know, do this or, you know, put a... Put a clothesline clip in between the webbing of your fingers if your feet hurt or, you know, things like that. Were you into those things? I was definitely exposed to a lot of them. And in fact, the way I start this book off is by talking about the weird and wacky things I believe when I was younger. Because now, of course, I've, I'm a professional debunker. I've written a book about medical myths. And so I thought I need to start the book with a confession about the weird and wonderful things I believe. But I think it's really universal. I think so many of us grew up with stuff like that. Even things like feeding a fever and starving a cold, or is it the other way around? Like there's no truth in it anyway, but it's like, how does that even start and how does it spread? So I'm really fascinated in that and the, the kind of weird things that we believe in, even when there's no evidence. Yeah, there's few things that I believe in like that. And let me tell you the one that I would stand by until the end of time, which is uh, growing up, I always bit my nails and it was a bad habit. I still bite my nails, but I believe it built up a nice immunity. So that's why I never get sick. <laughs> you think that's what it was? That's exactly it. Yeah. And that's the sole thing. And I find it's a weird thing. Whenever I ask someone if they say they never get sick, I'll say, hey, do you bite your nails? He said, yeah, actually, I do. It seems to be a universal uh, observation, even though it might not be scientifically well, true, but it's true to me. Yeah. Well, 
we'll have to do a scientific study to figure out if that's actually happening. <laughs> <laughs> well, so tell me about some of these things that you look at um, in, in uh, viral BS in your book. It's because a lot of people do have these things that are built into them. It's their default thing to do. Yeah. It's what their parents or yeah. grandparents always did. So they do it too. Yeah. And the way the book started off was people bombarding me with questions about e-cigarettes or should I take this cholesterol-lowering medicine or what's the deal with birth control? Does it cause depression? Like, Because there's so much reporting on the scientific studies that happen. Sometimes the reporting is fantastic. Other times it's a bit misleading and people are just like, I don't know what to believe. There's contradictory information. So I took some of the most frequently asked questions, everything from playing football and head injury to the e-cigarettes to detox teas and cleanses to vaccines and autism. And I've done a deep dive in each chapter looking at a different one of these. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the book, I've got a BS detection kit mm -hmm. so that people, whether there's a myth that's in the book or not, say it's something different, you still have the tools now once you've read that book to really separate the facts from the fiction, figure out what's legitimate and what is misleading and inaccurate. Your background, you're an epidemiologist, is that right? That's right, yes. I used to be a hospital doctor in England, and then 10 years ago I moved to the States to serve as an officer in the Epidemic Intelligence Service at the CDC. Mm -hmm. So anyone who watched that movie Contagion last year will know about the Epidemic Intelligence <laughs> Service. I had the job that Kate Winslet plays uh -huh. in that movie, of course. It's a very Hollywood version of it. But literally, my job would be to go from one place to another, anywhere there was an epidemic, to investigate what disease was spreading and figure out ways to slow it down and stop the epidemic. And I really early saw and saw this every time that no matter where I got sent, it was never just a virus that was spreading. There were myths and hoaxes and all kinds of conspiracy circulating at the same time. And I got very interested in how do we tackle that? How do we keep people safe from all the BS that's out there? Because as we've seen with COVID in the last year, if you fall for some of these scams or some of this misinformation, it can cost you your life. Hmm. Yeah, and I find that, like, for example, I'll just give you a few of them, and I'm susceptible to this just like everyone else, but I'll read a headline like today. It says, melatonin may help you keep COVID away or uh, vitamin D or things huh. like that. And I'll, I'll read the headline and I'll think, oh, how about that? Yeah. I'll never do the research ever, but it's implanted in my brain. So I'm guessing that's pretty dangerous when there's only these headlines out that may have misinformation to begin with because whoever wrote it may not actually have any scientific data with it. Yeah, and sometimes what's frustrating is the journalist has done a good job in the story, and for one reason or another, maybe to make it a bit clickbaity, the headline ends up being the most inaccurate part. Like they're trying to oversimplify something that's like got caveats and is a bit more complex than that. But for sure, I mean, I'm going to have to look into the melatonin thing now, but you can just see how easy it is to latch onto, oh, this thing could prevent COVID, this thing could treat COVID. But really, if you want people to believe that, you need to have solid scientific studies because the worst thing that could happen is somebody believes one of these things that isn't true and then maybe stops wearing their mask or maybe, you know, really lets their guard down and then exposes themselves in a way that's unsafe and ends up getting COVID. And that's the last thing we need right now. Yeah, it's almost like going back to the 90s and someone saying, oh, I don't need to contribute to a retirement fund. I have beanie babies, so I'll be set for life. And then finding out later that was such a bad oh idea. It's like doing that with your health. That's essentially what you're doing when you <laughs> base it health. on headlines. <laughs> exactly. But I mean, the interesting thing is, obviously, I'm a doctor. 
doctor and I'm a disease detective, so I'm very interested in health and science. But the BS detection kit at the back of the book, you could apply to so many different situations and you can use to really make yourself savvy, not just at separating the false health news from the accurate health news, but, you know, all the other information that's out there as well, whether it's about financial stuff or whether it's about politics too, it's the same kind of tools that apply when you're appraising the information and figuring out, wait, do I believe this? Do I retweet this? Or is this garbage? Right. Uh, Author Seema Yasmin, uh, health reporter, uh, medical doctor, epidemiologist, and the new book called Viral BS Medical Myths and Why We Fall for Them. By the way, if people wanted to find your work online, where can they look you up? Oh, super easy. My website is SeemaYasmin.com, and I do a lot of debunking of myths on my Instagram account, and that's at Dr. Seema Yasmin. Perfect. And part of that is why we fall for them. Is it just that we want to think, like it's it's protection in our minds and ease of mind? Is that why we fall for some of these, or is it something different? It's a few things, but what you're talking about is definitely one of the factors, because we live in a world that's super messy. And actually, if you speak to a really good scientist, they won't make promises. They talk in in terms of uncertainty, right, if they're being honest. But then I think as humans, we try to grab on to some certainty. And a lot of the scammers, I think, and the people spreading the false information are exploiting our need for those unanswered questions. And so they give us certainty. They say 100% guaranteed this mouthwash will protect you from COVID. And it's completely false, but they're exploiting our need to just have someone tell us something with conviction and reassure us. And that's how you end up kind of dropping your guard, but also sometimes like losing your money to these crappy products that don't do anything. Yeah. And some of the things that I see that you talk about and one that always interests me is food, things food related, things like leftovers. So it's not always Mm. like COVID and some of these other topics that are very big. I mean, we're talking about things that are in everyone's home right now that people always wonder about. So this book has a wide range of topics and ideas. So let me just hit you with a few of them, one of which what we mentioned, the leftover thing. So when we make something, normally we give it five days at most. What's is, is there a is there a sweet spot for leftovers? It truly depends on what the food item is, how it was prepared, and how you're storing it. So all those things factor into whether you're deciding, do I trash this or could I safely eat this? The reason I include this in the book, and it may sound a bit like because about leftovers, every year one in six Americans get food poisoning. About 50 million of us end up very sick with it, and many end up in the hospital. So it can be really serious, and food poisoning can knock out your kidneys cause all sorts of these terrible problems. So what I talk about in the book are the different bugs that can make us sick through food. And I talk about the different ways that you should figure out whether something is still safe to eat or not. And there's a resource there in the book too, where you can just literally type in the thing. Are you thinking about turkey? Is it frozen? Whatever. Mm-hmm. And it tells you in that resource how, when it's safe to eat or when you need to throw it out. Wow. Yeah, and there was something else I saw on there. Uh, do bad teeth cause heart disease, which is interesting because whenever you take your dog into the vet, they always have those charts on the wall that you look at while you're waiting for the vet to come in. And there's always the little chart. OK, where's your dog's teeth? And it always connects bad teeth for the dog with heart disease for them. And I thought there's, there's got to be something to that with humans, too. Turns out we may not be that dissimilar to dogs, and I actually haven't seen those posters in my dog's vet clinic, but there is some truth to that. There's a link, and we believe there's more and more evidence that if you have bad oral hygiene, if your teeth are not in great condition, and especially if you have swollen and bleeding gums, what happens is those 
bleeding gums are an entry point for bacteria in your mouth to get into your bloodstream. And once the bacteria are in your blood, they're causing all sorts of inflammation inside the blood vessels, and that can damage the blood vessels and also cause heart problems. So this goes for everyone, but especially if you have diabetes, especially if you already have a pre-existing heart condition. But again, all of us, regular dental checks, brushing and flossing. Flossing is really important twice a day. And this is why you'll hear, you know, heart doctors, your cardiologists will also hopefully talk to you about oral hygiene because it's all connected. Do you get, as a doctor, a lot of questions like this from friends and family? I mean, it'll be like nine o'clock at night and they'll text and call you. All the time. (laughs) Oh, it's even worse. It's usually both sent via WhatsApp where I can't even figure out like is that someone's elbow or the back of their leg like what is this patch of skin so yeah it's like that but you know I get it I get it we're curious about our bodies we freak out I tell people be really really careful googling your symptoms and funnily enough you know I'm an MD I'm not a vet but I have sometimes googled my dog's symptoms and been like oh my god I think she has cancer and then my vet friends are like you're banned from googling dog symptoms (laughs) like you freak out so I totally relate to how that can happen you know you have a headache and you're like do I have a brain tumor and it's like no you need to go to sleep and drink a glass of water yeah I got to imagine too you go to a place and if someone asks you what you do for a moment you wonder do I tell them I'm a doctor because I don't want them to follow (laughs) up with a question you you, you come up with a different profession (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know what? No, I don't because I actually don't mind the questions because I find them really interesting. And I'm also always amazed by how much people overshare. That's like very fast. Is there any question like uh, people have brought up to you that you haven't been able to find a deter- like a, a definitive answer? You know, sometimes there's definitely stuff where the science, that the jury is still out on the science. And even in the book, I'm just really transparent about that and say, look, I'm the- going to give you what information is available now you make up your mind based on what we have and i try and be really transparent with people about science in general that it's not like you know people especially with covid are like believe the science trust the science you can kind of fail people with that kind of thinking because science isn't just a bunch of facts science isn't static it's a very dynamic process and it very much is a process, right? And so we change our minds and our guidance based on new information coming along. Nutritional science is a really good example of this. Anyone who's like lived through the 90s will remember like how many times the guidance changed on whether egg yolks are good or not. <laughs> and like suddenly eggs are out of fashion. Then it's like, no, actually, dietary cholesterol doesn't translate to higher cholesterol levels in you. So I just try and be very transparent with people like, Here's what we know now, but, you know, things can change. Yeah, that was the big joke, the egg yolk things and food on a plane, you know, the stand-up comedians go to. And then I was <laughs> kind of surprised to find that they've changed the food pyramid so many times. Does that even exist anymore for kids? Yeah. I don't know whether it's necessarily a pyramid, but we have guidance about what should be on your plate. But it's changed from when I was growing up, which I think is really humbling and a reminder. Like, we think we know so much, and yet. The whole process of science, the whole point of it is that, you know, we keep chipping away and learning more stuff. And when it comes to nutrition, we're learning more and more about our gut and the fact that we're pretty much only half human and half microbe because there's so many bacteria in and on our bodies that help us digest and process all that food as well. It's fascinating. Dr. Yasmin, again, if people wanted to find out more about what you're doing in your book, where can they look you up? Uh, best place is my website, simayasmin.com. And if you want to see some of the debunking stuff I'm doing on Instagram, I'm there at Dr. Sima Yasmin. Gotcha. And can they send pictures of uh, their body if they have questions of what's going on to you through the website? 
You know, there's no point in me saying yes or no to people <laughs> send them anyway. <laughs> okay, it's discouraged. It? It's probably not the smartest thing to do. <laughs> Unsolicited photos of weird marks on your skin. I know. So, of course, people can look you up and they can look up your book, Viral BS, Medical Myths, and Why We Fall for Them. Seema Yasmin, thank you so much for coming on to KMOX. Oh, thanks for having me. It's great talking to you. And she joins us on the Bomberito Automotive Group guest line on Overnight America, KMOX. Now back to Overnight America on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michael'sFlooringOutlet.com Well, you learned a thing or two from the doctor. Very nice. Just a couple of quick COVID things. And next hour, we have a great interview for the full hour. A journalist and author talking about China and about some of the things coming out of there, the cost of America's cheap goods. This will be very eye-opening. And we talked about China last night when it comes to the Uyghur groups of people that are in these prison camps and the, just the horrific things they're doing to the prisoners that are in there. The women, it's just ugh, terrible. I mean, we have the full segment up on the podcast if you missed it from last night. But a couple of just quick things. I saw this. Scientists have trained dogs to sniff out the coronavirus. They can do it with 94% accuracy. I got to be honest here. That 94% accuracy sounds like it's actually more accurate than what these coronavirus tests are putting back. Sometimes you get a lot of false positives. Maybe they've changed the way the testing is done, and maybe they've, they're getting more accurate results. And I don't know if they can smell it on you. Maybe it's just if the virus is on something. But still... In Finland, they began to train dogs to detect the coronavirus, sniffing passenger samples at the airport. Dogs can sniff these things out, and uh, people interact with other people. They could be asymptomatic and not realize it. It could be on them. It could be a, a sign that they are carrying it. I saw one other thing, too. The Biden administration considering sending every American a face mask. Why? <laughs> so they're going to go and just mail it to you? They don't know exactly the method of handing them out. They just said, okay, uh, why not? Because uh, we got all of this uh, funding and we want to pass another stimulus, so we got to spend the money somehow. So we'll buy about 650 million masks and we'll just drop them off. Are they going to walk around like census workers or they can send them through the mail? Come on. That's, okay, whatever. So that's uh, in the news, too. We might have to get to those coming up later. All right. Amelia Peng is the author of Made in China, joining us next hour. This is going to be a good one on Overnight America KMOX. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. A left 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.